I know that we just left off with Locke and um, Locke and Edmund uh, in a sort of a standoff with the Far Lord. So that's where we're going to pick up. So the Far Lord sort of like snarls and makes his way to you and says, I don't like to play games as he like sort of like hunkers down and, and, and like and like his broad shoulders like seem impossibly large given his stature as he sort of like clomps towards you and Bell like basically his arms droop and he's now lying completely motionless uh, as, as, the, as the giant is, uh, is next to the fiery grass. So the Far Lord is hunkering down and moving toward the two of you guys. Uh, what do you do? Uh, I draw my rapier, and I, uh, I take a defensive dueling stance. Okay. Uh, Locke, do you take any action? I'm going to post up next to him so that I can possibly flank when he is in range. Okay. I mean, do we see anything? No, yeah, you what, guys are... What are we doing? You, uh, the last thing that happened with Maeve and Cult was Cult handed you a box of tinder and told you to burn the entire village and kill everyone inside I, of I it. I think the words were, have fun, child. Have no, fun. It yeah, was go, go play. play. Yeah. Go play. You're going to be a great parent one day, Cult. Little bone daddy. Oop, nope, not saying that word again. <laughs> little bone daddy. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Sounds Never. like a jazz musician. So, so I think my plan would be to meander towards the rest of the people, but if there is a house particularly close by, I would try and set it on fire. There is a house particularly close by. It's the house that Bait went into following the big muscular fella <laughs> yep. before he ran out the <laughs> Set it on fire. It's a two-story wooden house. You walk, okay, so call, I, you just walk I'm up. I'm just kind of the- following and just like super nervous with all the fire around. Okay, totally fair. So you see, from your position, basically, uh, your head is at about the waist of this uh, of this very scary looking gentleman. Uh, can you give me the best visual description of Cult? I still don't have like a great sense of what Cult looks like. So overarching, he'd be wearing like his robes would be black, but they would be like stained a gray just from all the sweat and stuff uh his shield is painted black but it's obviously like wasn't always that way it's got some like scratches and dings and stuff he has a uh it's it's called a siklu or whatever but it's basically a long hefted handled but short spear type of thing that he uses like as a walking stick and it seems to be made out of bone he's got a big old gray long bushy beard and really scraggly black oily gray uh hair he looks very old um, well, maybe, but like, like middle aged, but old, like real rough on years. Um, yeah. He's got maybe darker okay. tan skin. Um, his eyes are just like black as stones. Holy cow. Um, and Maeve, what do you think? I know that I described you as wearing something like almost kind of like a little nightgown shirt, like a flowy, like a flowy shirt. That's always kind of what I've imagined. But what, what, what about Maeve? What's, what's, what's she look like standing here in the firelight? So, um, she's, you know, she's pretty short, um, you know, kind of slightly reddish skin from her tiefling heritage and very Mm -hmm. small horns, um, -hmm. that are still kind of, they're, you know, they're, they're growing. Um, and, you know she's you know she's kind of scared a little nervous of about fire just because of her uh her past of yeah. um you know her her foster parents tr- tragically perishing yeah. um 
And you've had no like inclination to share that past with anyone around you. I know it's only been like no one's like, asked a few minutes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's totally fair. So you're so you're sort of like pretty scared as you see this basically this tattered, worn old man next to you, like sort of like snickering with delight as he strikes against the tinder box and 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 tosses the the flaming. Uh, the flaming, uh, uh, just match, that's the only word that's coming to mind, into the building, into the house in front of you, and it, it basically brushes against, like, uh, like some furry carpets, and the, the blaze picks up quickly in some places, but then doesn't spread, but the light is already, like, shining, shining out of the building. Um, I'd say that, uh, as he sort of, like, tackles at the, at the growing fire, you do hear, like, the windows break in the building as the heat builds and as the chaos ensues around it. Um, and maybe you're obviously very scared. Um, what do you do? Um, I am going to cast Minor Illusion to make a sound. Kind of mm-hmm. like a, like a, like a siren, like a wee-woo-wee-woo. <laughs> <laughs> Danger. That's you know, it's uh, like, danger. It's like a, it's like danger. a, you know, warning kind of thing. Yeah, the spirits reach out to you and say, like, that's not really up to safety fire code when it comes to <laughs> alarming people. No, the um, so, so you basically you sound the alarm and like uh, call. I think that you would have noticed, like, with all the people running around the village, especially going to attack Bell, like you would have thought, like, oh, everybody's going to attack Bell. But y- you start to see like a bit more movement on the periphery, not just from inside the shanty town, but also up on the cliffs that line the giant hill leading down mm-hmm. into the ocean. Um, so there's like there's kind of a lot of people kicking around. So I know you said like kill everybody, but. I don't think you had really an idea of how many people live here on Farpoint. I look, as I see all the movement, I look down at the girls like, we have our work cut out for us, (laughs) child. (laughs) Do I hear any of the commotion of the fight that's happening up there? Um, I don't think that you hear it like with any any clarity, just because again you're right next to like you have already set one building on fire. You've now set another. I think that like the sound of that uh, is definitely overcoming just the scuffle right around the corner. Yeah, is, so is you, that one? I wouldn't stand around and watch it blaze. Really, I would just kind of like set, you know start light fires, making oh, not yeah, even really, yeah. Yeah, and then I'm just moving to the next one. I'm still trying to look for people, but yeah. I got, I'm doing my thing. Yeah, so I think as you're doing that is maybe when when Maeve sets off the alarm, and when you say you have your work cut out for us, you, even the wooden platform by that sand pit is now ablaze. The uh, the giant overturned boat off to the side, that like the most massive single piece of woodwork here. Uh, I think that that is just like a tantalizing invitation of destruction for you. Is that uh, towards so my friends where I think they've gone, or is that no? Away? It's in the opposite. It's in the opposite direction. It's it's across the village oh, square. Boy. Um, so I mean, like you obviously tell me what you're doing, but these are where the houses are. The, the I action that you're looking for is not where your friends are. I wouldn't deviate I don't think I would deviate away from them. Mm-hmm. I would be, this would just be something I'm doing while I'm checking in. Or like, I mean I don't have a super like big connection to these people, but they are the only allies I have in this town, so I wouldn't try to like run away from them in any by any means. Alright, I think that's fair. So, okay, well then how about this? Instead of going around just lighting all the different buildings on fire, let's say that you, um... Uh, with Maeve, with Maeve by your side, you throw the match into into the two story building with the canopies on and the, and the, and the metal overhangs, and 
as it starts to like catch a blaze again it's it's wood it's not going to catch on fire immediately uh so you you start to walk around the building to the other side and you continue to like to like light small pieces of tinder on fire and like crash them through the glass uh and as you come around the side there behind you is where um where the standoff between uh the orc and Locke and Edmund is taking place. So Edmund has drawn his rapier, and Locke, you're sort of like standing off to his side, prepared to sort of uh, to tag team the biggin. I just really need to choose better words. The and biggin. The and uh, <laughs> I'm such a fucking masterful crafter of Dungeons and Dragons language. Uh, thank God I'm not going to be DMing most of this. So. What you see bearing down on you is like is this orc that seems to be gr- almost growing larger with every step. Like he's just the closer you get to him, the bigger he seems to be, and it's just totally throwing you off. And uh, as as the far lord sort of snarls at you, he's like, "Far point, it's Barklock's territory, and I say that you need to leave. Do I have to make you?" He sort of cracks his knuckles and, and 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 continues to move, not breaking his gait, not moving quickly, just very menacingly. Wait, he's just gonna let us leave? No, no, he's <laughs> he's he's just trying to banter. He's probably not very good at it for reasons not related to my ability to banter. So I I followed uh, I followed Colt, right? Yeah, you're you followed Colt. I thought I, that's what I would have done. How yep, far you, away you'd follow. Do you think we are from them now? You are probably about like fifteen feet away from them, and they are in turn fifteen away to fifteen feet oh. away from Barklock. Uh, okay. If, yeah, if, this is all a pretty small area. If I could, I would uh, roll out a toll the dead as he approached. Okay. Uh, what are the details on that? Uh, you got to roll a wisdom save. Okay. Thirteen. Gotcha. Okay. Do 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 do. Um, nat twenty. Yeah, nothing happens. Yep. So, <laughs> so the uh, as the Far Lord once again sort of shakes off any advances, um, and as he gets closer, uh, he doesn't have any weapons in his hand as of yet. He has some on his back, and he reaches his arm up. He doesn't actually grab the weapon. He grabs the arrow out of his chest that Edmund loosed at him only moments ago, and he yanks it out as the blood spatters. Uh, spatters off his chest and lands on the ground. He flips the arrow around so that it's facing outward as though he can swing his arm downward and stab at you guys. And he basically runs in to make an attack. Um, do you guys take any sort of action before I do that? I would like to cast Mage Armor on myself. Uh, okay, cool. So what does that, uh, what, what does that end up uh, adding to your character? Um, 13 plus my dex modifier. So uh, my AC is now 16. And Nothing happened with uh, wild magic. Okay, nothing happened. Um, uh, Edmund, you're the most directly in the line of Far Lord, so he's actually going to bring the arrow down at you, uh, and he's going to make an attack roll. Uh, oof, that definitely doesn't hit. He basically, uh, so the, uh, what Barklock does is he takes the um, he takes the arrow and he just kind of throws it at you like a dart, but you, so I think with your rapier. Um, here, actually, make a. May, uh, I'm just curious. Make a deck save for me. Sure. Uh, uh, Eleven plus four, fifteen. So with that, I'd say that as the arrow comes at your face, you sort of uh, like Princess Bride style manage to just like whooshing, like like whip your rapier around and sort of deflect it right out of the way. Cool. How many arrows was that? Like twelve. Uh, it was just the one. He pulled the <laughs> arrow out of his chest that you shot at him, and he threw it back at you. Yeah. It works better from a bow, dear boy. 
<laughs> All right. So, uh, so the Far Lord continues his charge at you. Um, I'm going to say, uh, as he... Uh, as he bounds in on you and lifts his fists up in the air, preparing to uh, to try to looks as almost like he's going to hit both Locke and um, Locke and Edmund at the same time. Uh, basically, a quick blur uh, moves very briskly past the both of you and launches into Barklock, and he goes staggering backwards and takes a backward somersault across the ground. Uh, and then, as he starts to get up from behind him, a gangly figure pokes his head up, and Bait screams. I didn't do that for no reason. Are you going to get out of here or what? I rush past uh, Parklock, and I'm going to run over to Bell and try to heal him. Okay. Um, so you do that. Why don't you go ahead and um, actually, as you get over to Bell, you 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 prepare your spell and you bring your hands uh, you, you bring your hands up to his face as you begin to try to heal him. But you notice that there's no more breath coming from his body, and you notice that actually there's a gash along his head, and you can see like exposed bone as blood begins to drip down his head and onto the ground beside him. Uh, as far as you can tell, Bell has been killed by Barklock. Mm. Is he okay? He's just sleeping. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to engage with this this far bastard. Lord Farquaad. Yeah, should we roll initiative or? Um, well, uh, I want to ask uh, what do you guys want to do? I mean, I'm probably going to start beating up on this bitch, too. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm pretty pissed. I want to kill him. I want an opportunity to claim Bell's skull, so the Fire Lord's in the way. All right. <laughs> All right, that's totally fair. So, yeah, let's go ahead. Let's roll for initiative. Plus one to initiative. Oh. Hey, 19! Oh. Hey, I got, a, I got a 19 as well. Oh. Uh, 21. Uh, 17 plus 4, 21. Okay, cool. So, first step in the initiative order is Farlord Barklock. He rolled a nat 20 and has a pretty good dexterity. So, uh, Edmund, as you stand in front of the hulking orc, he uh, moves towards you. Now, you've already done a bit of damage to him, but he uh, steps forward, and he draws off of his back. He draws a... Um he draws a, a very large scimitar, and uh, it's sort of like you can hear the, sh- the the shing of it as it glides against the metal on his studded leather uh, carapace, and pulls it out and tries to bring it down upon you. Does yeah, that is a nineteen plus five. That's a twenty-four. Does that hit? Yeah, I think that'll do it. Yep, that should definitely do it. So with that, we got one, these six, three. Oh, that's max damage. So you take uh, nine slashing damage as the scimitar is brought down upon you. You try to deflect it with the hit it with the uh, with the, the the base of your bow, but the scimitar managed to still like gra- uh, graze down your arm. So you lose a bit of skin and blood sort of spritz across as this like impossibly quick sword stroke uh, comes down at you. So it is now your turn. What do you do? Uh, I am going to uh, stab this dude with the pointy end. Cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, 15 plus 8. Uh, that hits. Okay. Uh, so he takes 1d8 plus 6 points of damage. Ooh, 6 plus 6, 12 points of piercing damage. Okay, cool. So, uh, so you... Uh, you bring your rapier down onto Barklock and as, um... <clears throat> Uh, right after he has just basically landed his sword in your arm, and you manage to sink your sword into his shoulder right next to where the arrow had pierced, digging in on the wound you have already created. He yelps and lurches backwards just a few feet. Locke, you are now uh, closest to him and next in the combat order. What do you do? I'm gonna try to maul this bitch. 
Crit fail. Woo! <laughs> cool. Oh, so wait, it wait, turns. Wait, 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 wait. I have great weapon fighting, and I believe that means I get to re-roll ones and twos, but I have to use the second result. I think it's ones and two. It's ones and twos on your damage dice. I'm pretty sure it's attack. No, it's damage. The thrilling research of Dungeons and Dragons that makes Fuck the game that. what it is. <laughs> I've rolled four. Crit fails tonight. You're just getting them out of the way early. I'm gonna say that, uh, like, when you actually swing them all around, it kind of like gets stuck in the ground because you swing with so much force and you whiff it with such joie de vivre that uh, you have to sort of like pull it out of the ground. I'll just deduct that from your movement next turn. Well, uh, I mean, can I action surge? Use my move this turn, pull it out, and attack again. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. if you got action surge, I'm fucking go for that. it. Jesus Christ, Pat. <laughs> I feel so bad. Come on, Pat. I want you to get a good roll. I love you, buddy. <sighs> All right. I got a fucking 15 plus 5. 15 plus 5. That hits. You bring it around. Why don't you roll that damage for me, big boy? It's 2d6. I got a 3. And a 3 plus 5, so 11 damage. So uh, you bring them all around, and it basically connects directly with his... Um, with his chest. He just turned around to face you after the recoil from uh, fighting uh, from fighting Edmund, and as soon as he does, he is greeted with a, with a lovely chunk of metal, giving a big and he takes the damage as he staggers backwards again. He sort of lost all his momentum as he sort of, like, volleyed back and forth between the two of you. Maeve, you with your additional armor. Maeve, you are up next. What do you do? I want to help as much as I can. I'm going to cast Enlarge Reduce on him. Um, yeah. Make a. Uh, what happens when you reduce? Make a Constitution saving throw for me. Okay. Uh. <laughs> another net Oh no, my friend! That is a critical failure for Far Lord Barclock. At least I'm not the only one. <laughs> Welcome back to Dice Populi, a tabletop role-playing anthology series. <laughs> That's a lot of words in that title. Uh, we've got a bit of a titles problem, but I'll get to that in just a moment. First, I just want to say thank you for listening to Escape from Farpoint. This is the third part of that story and the last part of that story. Uh, we're going to be moving on to some new stuff next week. Uh, so this breakaway, I don't want to do these every episode, only when we have stuff to say. And we have got some stuff to say. I'm going to blow through... Th- I'm going to blow through some housekeeping and try to get you right back into this story. So first things first, uh, Escape from Farpoint ends with this episode. Next week, there will be another episode called Above Board. Since I'm sort of running the campaign as a whole and everybody else is doing their own stories, Above Boards are going to be interlude episodes between those stories that I use to sort of tie things together. A little more character-focused, leveling-focused, you know, technical maybe, uh, less structured And honestly, a hell of a lot of fun. They're also usually going to be a bit longer because we only record them in one session. But after Above Board, the next week we will be back with a new adventure run by Ryan Mossbarger. Yeah, the guy who plays Cult, the creepy guy, we gave him his own story. It's probably going to be fucked up. But you can hear that in about two weeks. That should be on September 4th. After that, though, we don't really have the resources to make a show of this magnitude weekly it's a lot of work so we will be going to the first and third wednesdays of every month first and third 
Wednesdays. So if you listen through a platform, subscribing to the feed is going to be pretty helpful because you might not always remember which week it's coming back, but we are going to keep putting stuff out as much as we can. Um, as far as episode titles, we changed things up a bit for the sake of clarity. Uh, Escape from Farpoint is three episodes long, but we're not putting the adventure title in the title anymore. Uh, we are putting that in the description. So if you want to see which adventure, which campaign uh, an episode is in, that's just right in the top of the episode description. I bolded it for platforms that will support that. But we're changing the naming convention so each episode is a chapter, a chapter of Dicey Waters. So the first episode is Chapter 1, Escape from Farpoint. We're probably going to do that for adventure premieres and stuff. But Episode 2 is Chapter 2, For Whom the Bell Tolls. Get it? Because bell... Cat! Get off the thing! Cat, get down! Because that's that was my cat trying to do a bell tolling. Um, and then this episode is, as you've seen it, Chapter 3. Um, chapter 3, Wrath of the Far Lord. It's going to keep sneaking. That's, I think that's two Star Trek references just in the titles for this. So it's going to get crazier from here. Um, last housekeeping thing. Because we wrapped up Escape from Farpoint, I decided to put out a PDF of the adventure. Actually, the PDF I used to run this adventure for the podcast. I cleaned it up, and it's on DicePopuli.com. If you scroll down, you can download a regular version with pictures and colors and original artwork and battle maps, uh, and also a printer-friendly version for those of you who want to do like a little more pen and paper stuff and have it printed out. Escape from Farpoint, it's a free PDF. It's a lot of fun. It's also pretty cool for if anyone is starting out with D&D or wanting to learn to DM or how it works, they can listen to an adventure and read it. It's really helpful when you're starting out to sort of have that tool. I think it's cool. But let us know what you think. We'd love to do more of this in the future. It's going to kind of depend on what the support is and if you guys like it. DicePopuli.com. Scroll down. There it is. Um, I think that's it for housekeeping. I just want to say thank you for those of you who are listening um, and rating and reviewing. It's great. We love hearing it. It makes us feel good when you say good things. It will make us feel bad when eventually you say bad things. But we want to hear you say them one way or the other. It's it's huge for us as we're starting out. We're a pretty small group. Uh, so if you're listening to the podcast on a platform with a rating system, use that rating system. If you like the show, if you get joy, and if you are looking forward to a new episode, that's five stars. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, and most of you are, you just scroll down a little bit. There it is. There's the five-star button. It is right there. I'm really bad about it, too, but I've gotten in the habit of tapping, scrolling, five stars. And if you don't like it that much, don't rate it. I don't know. Do whatever you want. If you really think it's a bad show, just let us know. I know we've got some audio problems, but I, I promise they're worked out in future recordings. Um, but seriously, ratings and reviews go a long way to lending credibility and visibility to a show, especially when it's starting out. So if this is a thing that you want to see more of, spread the word. I know that there's a lot of real play podcasts out there. We're going to try to do some different stuff. And um, if it is as valuable to you as we hope it is, definitely that's a great way to support it. I think that's all I've got for now. You've all been amazing. And I really hope that you enjoy the rest of Escape from Farpoint. So let's get back to it. Enjoy the adventures. Um, the target size is halved in all dimensions and its weight is reduced to an eighth of normal. Um, it decreases your size by one category. So from medium to small, um, you have 
You have disadvantage on strength checks and strength saving throws. Your weapons also shrink and you deal 1d4 less damage. And you can't have fun. The hulking so, orc is the same size as a little girl now. <laughs> also, wild magic happens. Okay. What oh, roll that's, a, that? that's, a, that's a five. Didn't happen. Okay. Okay. Uh, wow. That is not what I was expecting. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Let's get this lined up. You, you uh, won small boy. Yep. Okay. So now, so those photos like, what have you done to me? <laughs> this is supposed to be my domain. You can't mess with me like this. And he begins to pound the ground and little pathetic puffs of dirt come up. <laughs> How long does this last? This is one minute, right? Yeah. Yeah. God, that's so long in combat. Come change, Lord Farlord. Dipey. <laughs> come here. <laughs> oh, man. Now he really is Lord Fardquad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next, next up in the initiative order is Cult, the Bone Master. The subject of your ire has now been reduced to the constitution of a small child. What do you do? The Bone Master. Uh, is he looking damage at all by all the stuff that we've been doing oh yeah him? definitely like he's he's got like two stab wounds and a giant yeah, like huge scrape down his chest from where the mall right. hit him i'm gonna do a second level ray of sickness hot diggity uh, that's not too bad uh does a 14 hit um 14 duh, wait what is what does this do to his ac the the i don't think it changes his nothing AC. Doesn't yeah, change. then no, four, 14 does not affect him. All right, well then, yeah, that's that's all I got. Disadvantage okay. on, like, anything strength-related, though. Gotcha, okay. So at this point, Bait would be next in the combat order, but in getting knocked over by Bar Clock, he, uh, he's basically just standing up and, like, trying to get back into things. So I'm actually going to kind of have him miss his turn here because, like, the, the inertia of full-size Bar Clock is knocking such a spindly man down. I see he took a little bit of damage from that. I'll sort that out in a minute. So we're actually back to the top of the order, and it is Bar Clock's turn once again. So, oh, God, this is so fucking, this is just so choice right now. I love this. So uh, Bar Clock basically, Maeve, he looks at you and identifies you as the source of his latest humiliation. And he... Uh, uh, he his eyes start to like like twitch with anger as he reaches his hand out and um, oh I wrote I wrote firebolt down that's just a ranged that's just a ranged uh, attack, it is a right? ranged spell attack yeah yeah that's all it is okay cool so he's going to cast firebolt at you he extends his hand his tiny itty little baby hand and and throws at you um, oof, I'm, I'm gonna say a twelve doesn't hit. It does not hit. 12 does not hit. So he basically casts the fire at you, but you can tell that in his diminutive stature, he's not really used to, uh, <laughs> he's not really used to, like, the lack of inertia for being, like, Curses! I've missed again! <laughs> 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 so he throws the fireball and it misses. Now, I will say this. Uh, he's one-eighth of his weight, right? Yes. Okay. So at this point, he hasn't used his movement, so basically, look, he looks at his hands and screams in frustration, and he, like, tries to and he like tries to jump to get away from you guys and at one eighth of his weight with the strength that he has he like goes straight up and lands on the building uh, he has disadvantage on on strength checks and saving throws it means he's a little weaker than he should be okay then let here tell me what I'll roll a strength check uh cult you roll against me I'm gonna have your die be the DC for the strength check add your strength modifier that's a good idea but sure (laughs) yeah well I mean instead of me setting a DC for myself I want some sort of fairness here so I'm gonna roll a strength check to see if bar clock can jump up into the tower uh I rolled a 14 uh plus anything I don't know 
you're asking me to do add my strength? Um, uh, no, just set that as a DC. I get disadvantage on this, right? Yes, you do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was gonna say uh, it turns into a thirteen because I have negative. One. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I just thought about. That was a bad idea. Okay, so yeah, with a nine bar clock, basically he jumps up. He actually goes remarkably high in the air, but doesn't really seem to have any lateral momentum and just kind of like plops right back down in the middle of you. So you have pretty much emasculated and made impotent this large orc man. As Curse he these is- tiny little legs! I wish to go far. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back up to Edmund in the combat order. So uh, so you go to attack with your bow uh, against the uh, minuscule Farlord Barklock. Uh, what do you get? Yep. No, I rolled a nat 20, so it was a 6 on the damage dice, so it came out to 16. Oh, good, good gravy. All right. So it's 16. Um, so... Y- so you hit the, the, the small boy with the with the arrow. And the kinetic force of this thing basically like carries him back. I'm gonna actually gonna have him roll a deck save. Let's see if he <laughs> stop rolling i'm gonna get ones all day long so uh the far lord is basically just carried backward and slides on his back and is now lying right between the feet of mave and cult the bone master uh next up in the order is Locke. uh lock uh, i'd say that he's gone like just uh he had to go past you to get to the other two so he's now behind you what do you do i'm gonna swing like full around so I have like a 180 degree wind up and bring my maul around and try to hit him with it. Okay. So uh, so you do just that once you roll your attack roll. Please, dear lord. Net 20! Alright, cool. <laughs> About time. Yeah, there we go. This is this Woo! is this is the climax that you all have been waiting for. Alright. So little little Farquad is lying there on the ground with an arrow sticking out of his chest. He tries to get himself up and sees a giant maul coming straight for him. Uh, seeming a lot bigger than it did last time. Why don't you go ahead and roll damage on it? What did we decide? It's max damage or it's roll dice and then double? It's roll uh, dice and double. Roll dice, double, add modifiers. Can I re-roll a two with great weapon fighting? Yeah. Okay. So eight, 16, plus five is 21 damage. Cool. So with 21 damage, you bring down the maul on the little guy, and it's sort of like he almost like sort of like almost lifelessly kind of like sinks into the ground in a small form, lying there for a short while. Um, and he seems to be completely like unresponsive to the to, to you guys. He's not moving around anymore. He doesn't react to anything. Now, I don't know if you guys want to, like... Oh, oh, crap, I said on my leg wrong. I don't know if you guys want to, like, move around or anything, but, like, he, his breathing is, like, so slow and faint there as, as he reaches his arm up. He's not dead, but he is lying there in the midst of all of you. Um, and, and, and provided none of you want to do anything, I'd say bait sort of, like, Hey, slow. mister. Hey, mister. Do you know how to get off this rock? Um, he he does not respond. <laughs> I am I am prepping a toll the dead. <laughs> if nobody else is doing anything, I am gonna gong that dead. All right. Um. So, uh, what does toll the dead do? I don't know. Uh, he has to roll a wisdom save. Oh yeah, he's not making a wisdom save right now. So he just takes damage. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So yeah, he takes him. He takes damage. Uh, that'd be a d twelve. Don't get to use that one often. Hey, eight points of damage. Woo, look at that. So with a little extra, like, salt in the wound, 
you you basically cast your magics upon him as bait sort of like slowly lurks between all of you and uh, and uh, and re- and uh, approaches the far lord's body and he and he leans over and he's like well seems like after after enough time, everybody gets what they want, don't they, old friend? <laughs> and he sort of like slips his hand like like, like under his belt and like uh, kind of like just takes him, jacking him. No, just, just 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 gets him off right there. He uh, he pulls, uh, grabs him by the belt, and like basically just holds him up, like sort of like mocking his small size, uh, not really paying attention to the time. And uh, as Farlord is being held in Bates' hand. Uh, th- after enough time passes between the spell casting and the and the dancing around and stuff, you just have a moment to breathe. He returns to normal size in the hand of um, uh, in the hand of Bait, and because he's <laughs> such a big boy, kind of falls right to the ground, and 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 Bait's arm is like yanked back downward to where Far Lord's waist would be. Now, Maeve, uh, you do notice that this actually happens a little sooner than it should. And uh, mm-hmm. do you think do you think that that would be alarming to you? It would be. So uh, so at this, you you do notice that like a good like maybe like fifteen seconds before you would expect the, him to go back to normal size, he does return to his full stature. Now as as he does so, he reaches his arm out and grabs Bait by the neck and picks him up. And uh, basically, uh, various like swirling lights of different colors begin to sort of swirl around him. Um, as he does this, uh, now, as this happens to him, he basically stands upright and looks at all of you, and he starts to uh, he starts to speak. And he looks around, and he says lowly now in his in, in, in his real manly man voice, not his little little kitty voice. He looks around, and as he's choking bait in his hand, says. You're too blind to see what's happened to you. This isn't some dumping ground for your broken empire. You are the crops we harvest from your sad life. The Badlands are wrought with power. The mage lords tried to hide because they are afraid. And he squeezes his fingers more tightly around Bates' neck. Wait, can I do something before it happens? Um, before what happens? Before you continue to do anything? Uh, you can take an action if you want. I'll, uh, I'll <laughs> I will use the first level cleric spell command and with mm-hmm. an un an unworldly timber to my voice. Mm-hmm. Stop. Uh, so, um, is that just like a cantrip? Uh, no, it's it's a it's a first level spell. Do I have to make any sort of save? Yep, you got to roll a wisdom save. Wisdom save, yeah. Cool. DC would be 11 because I'm not very good with cleric <laughs> Um, Let's see. That's going to be... Yeah, that's a 13. Damn it. So, yep. so <laughs> uh, no, he actually has uh, pretty good wisdom. Sorry about that. Uh, crap, I lost my spot. He he says, do you, and in response to your barking at him, he says, and do you know what? You should be afraid. You can take my ship, kill my crew and my giants, but these oceans will spit you out. When one shipment breaks, I'll be sent another. Consider yourselves cursed to float lifelessly among the seas. Do not return to Farpoint unless the tides fail to kill you first. You do not belong here. You will never know home again. Be gone, prisoners. Enjoy your lingering deaths. And he walks over to the edge of the cliff. As Bait is, like, choking in his hand, he brings Bait's face close to his own and says, You pesky little animal. I'd hope you never step on my back again. Keep your trophies and leave this sorry place, you miserable wretch. 
And with this, um, as Bait uh, whimpers and pleads for his life, he is hurled into the air, screaming as his uh, elven form fizzles away amid the dancing light of Barclock's untold power. Whatever remained of the poor of the poor soul uh, disappears from view and splashes into the water, um, past the sharp rocks, hundreds of feet below, uh, and is now sparkling at what is uh, what is slowly becoming the sunrise over this island. Um, and with this, uh, the Far Lord looks at you all and vanishes before your eyes. I sense the presence of plot armor here. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk over to where Bell is. And yep. I'm going to take out my knife and I'm going to start taking off his head. Okay. Uh, I'm going to walk over to Maeve and like shuttle her away from this scene. I use mending. If his skull is like partially caved in, I use it mending is. to kind of like fix pieces of it. As okay, I'm like kind of you know popping them back into place. What gonna, in the actual fuck? You are. This you is don't nothing. see this, Maeve. You're I know, fine. I know. I'm commenting <laughs> as an outsider. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, Josh. This is just like our other campaign. And, yeah, and everybody needs to dismember everyone, and I don't get it. I don't get it. I really. I'm don't a get necromancer. It. I collect skulls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, at least you have an excuse. Could you tell that to everybody else I play D and D with? Uh, so you managed to sever. Bell's head um, and I'd say that looking around the scraps of, of this place you're able to find like a few like a few um, like bags and stuff like that like the like the claws and the, and the knapsacks like places to put this stuff and carry it all um, but even though Barklock has sort of disappeared with his inexplicable inexplicable magics that don't really seem to align with what he demonstrated um, you do still hear like the shuffling around of other people on some of the ancillary buildings um, is there a tor- is there a torch laying down anywhere nearby? There are torches mounted on the sides of all these buildings. If you're looking to if you're looking to pick one up, I'm actually uh, before we like move over, I'm going to go over to Colton. I'm going to say, uh, "How dare you disrespect his body? We were saved by the bell." <laughs> <laughs> and title. I fucking hate this. <laughs> okay, oh my okay. god. Okay. So as, so after that that man, that if I wish you had vicious mockery, that would have cut deep. So you uh so you all sort of like regroup and gather your stuff, but uh, but but some of the some of the armed folks from the sides of the village are starting to like pour in and look over what happened. They're looking all at all the dead pirates and wounded men, and like sort of like the scorch marks of the fire and and of Barklock's magic as so the sun begins to peek up over the um over the uh, over the cliff's edge and um and and everybody even seems to be like like i said there were some people coming in from on the cliff edges too the people from the guard towers descend and, and move off to to like they're moving over to bell's quarters and and to the living quarters that have been set ablaze as the entire shanty town burns in front of you uh so you stand for the moment unopposed but with danger m- mere feet away what do you do um, can I make a perception check just to kind of uh, look for a way out, I guess? Yes. Yes, you may. Okay. We should eliminate the witnesses. Three. Uh, so with a three, you don't see anything new, but you do see the gate that you noticed before um, and that there right. are, is no longer anybody in the guard towers. Okay. Guys, there's a gate over there. 
Uh, and for those of you who didn't notice it, which I think would have been, um, I think Locke and and uh, Locke. I don't think you've ever really looked through the gate because you were kind of busy navigating the building. Mave points out you it, and fucking and, and, bitches up. And, and now with like now with the with the daylight starting to peer over, you see uh, straight down the gate. You see through uh, through it and down the hill to uh, to docks to docks, oh, yes. maybe about a mile mile and a half away. I say, let's get out of here. I still wish to cleanse this place. I think we've done enough cleansing for today. D- is this is this t- is the village burning pretty good? At this no, oh, the village. Y- yes, no, absolutely. The grass is on fire from I, the torches. I'm fighting not. A, bell. I'm not. You a fire set fan like two or three buildings we should on leave. fire. Yeah, we've indulged oh. enough of your your whims for the evening. I think you've just begun to indulge my whims. And that's disgusting. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Lockie, you're per- sort of the person standing at the head of the group. Um, what do you do? I'm walking towards the gate. Okay. Uh, Maeve, yep. you, you've following. made it pretty clear that you're following close behind. Uh, Edmund, are, are you yep, focusing we're going on towards Calder? that gate. Cool. So, Col- you're, everybody else seems to s- sort of be moving in that one little direction. I look longingly into the fire. <laughs> I put a hand out just a little bit. Kind of like bring it up, and mm-hmm. then I bring it back to my chest, and I start walking away. <laughs> <laughs> so you all make your way down the um, make your way down the hill. Uh, probably about halfway down, you're you're sort of hustling down. Um, why does that sound weird? You're, you're you you are moving quickly Hustle. down We're the down, way down the dirt town. road. Um, walking how, fast. How many more ways can I say this? Uh, and the faces pass you as you uh, you descend out of the out of the far point shanty town, and we're homebound. Uh, <laughs> so, as you guys approach the docks, you do hear rustling behind you. You start to see some of those uh, some of those torches be put out uh, from a distance as the sun finally rises above the cliff's edge and shines down on Far Point as a whole. And the How shadows many of the whole. Do we see? You see ahead of you in the docks, you see two large galleons, a small dinghy, and uh, what I'd say is probably about, probably a, not quite, mm, a ship that you think, like, looks is built to be manned by, like, maybe, like, ten people, but it's, like, so much smaller than a galleon. All right. And, and, and all three, all four of those boats are docked, but you also see a few, like, also, like, broken hulls on the uh, on the shore. Knowing a little bit about boats, probably being the only one that knows about boats, I mm-hmm. usher them towards that. But I stop to set those other boats on fire. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> if we still have torches, I just like lob torches onto the gallant. I think that's fair. I fuck it. You go over to the, you go over to the broken hulls on the beach and you set that wood on fire and you throw those flaming wood pieces at every goddamn boat and piece of exposed dock that you find. And like this place slowly begins to set ablaze and you hear people screaming from up the hill as they chase after you, finally realizing what's happening as they scream like, oh no, we're going to be marooned. We're stuck here. Like they're all panicking, trying to get down Because <laughs> you have, sorry. You've now summer. trapped them on an island with untold magical power and nobody seems to know what to do with it. All right, um, let's get the fuck out of here. So, so Locke says his awesome catchphrase, let's get the fuck out of here. So the night's horrors give way to a beautiful scene and the warm rays of the dawn in those foreign lands touch you with the grace the Empire seldom felt. The far lower... Uh, what? Nope. Yeah. Uh, oh, shoot. Oh, I was reading the wrong paragraph. Damn, we didn't have I to do that I love getting one. touched by dawns. Wrong one. So, so you guys basically mount the ship. 
Um, this this small Gross. ship. <laughs> the small ship in which the four of you can fit nimbly. Uh, so as you as you as you uh, as you untether yourself from the dock, um, why don't you guys tell me what you're doing to try to get this boat uh, get this boat out out and on? I'm unfurling. The sea. I'm unfurling all of these sails and stuff and prepping them and getting them taught. I'm ready following I'm... all of his directions. Mm-hmm. There, over there. Unleash that linchpin. Get that sail up. You know, I'm just like barking out orders and stuff. Yep. I'm doing my best not to vomit already. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to say, if you're not, since you're so uh, uncomfortable with boats and with the sea, I'll have you roll a constitution saving throw. Oh, natural 17 plus 2, 19. You feel a little bit of vomit come up your throat, but you manage to choke it back so no one else actually sees your, your little shame there. Uh, Maeve, yeah, I'm you... I'm a tree boy. <laughs> Maeve, what do you do? Um, I'm just kind of in awe, because this is my first time like actually seeing like boats and stuff before. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, the, the shape of this boat, it's uh, maybe about 50 feet long. Uh, it's got uh, it's got the deck on which you guys stand, as well as a, a deck underneath. Not really a furnished quarters, but it's where the inside of the hull is. It's kind of where the like the air sits yeah. to, to I maintain think, uh, its buoyancy. I'd like to, I'd like to go to the lower deck. Cool. So you go into the lower deck and you you feel sort of cozy down here. Uh, it's it's dark, but uh, with a little bit of torch light that hopefully isn't being used to set the boats it's ablaze. It's a good thing I have dark vision. Yes. Okay. Cool. So with your dark vision, you you descend into the lower decks of the boat. You see like a couple empty boxes, a couple bales of hay, and and and, and uh, two barrels uh, up against the wall, uh, and and you feel safer here than you did before. Here you're surrounded by water. Uh, the cool air and the, and the sound of the tide against the hull of the ship uh, soothes you in a way that the island has not soothed you yet. Now, you all, as as Kalt unfurls the sails and the wind begins to catch it, um, uh, and, and, and Locke takes the wheel of the boat, and, um, and Edmund takes whatever railing he can to stay, stabilize himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the rabble of Farpoint fades away as your escape is all but guaranteed. The misty tides rock you gently as you set sail to your new lives, scattered somewhere amidst the waves and the rocks that fill the horizon. What do you do? I strap Bell's head to the front of the ship. Awesome. <laughs> like like <laughs> one of as, those mermaids of yore. As I just he's strapping him to the front of the ship, can we just like try to just like dump him overboard real quick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be making a tack roll if you want to do something like that. Just oh hey. watch your footing. No, 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 no. <laughs> Alright, so as as he can't swim. No, I don't know. <laughs> as the wind pulls you away from the blazing shoreline. The four of you stand proudly on the deck of this vessel, setting sail into the sunrise, embarking upon a new adventure on these dicey waters. Come and be.